Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. And 2022 is off to a roaring start. You don't have to say it like that. I mean, I think it's fine. <laughs> so far. <laughs> We're only two weeks into it. I mean, come- I know. I know. Omicron's moving around pretty quick here in the U.S., so that's some crazy stuff. As long as our kids are still going to school... <laughs> I can manage. I can do anything as long as they're still going to school. <laughs> Invincible. <laughs> right. I will deal with anything as long as they are still leaving this house to go to school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love our girls, but I definitely love them when they're at school as well. I, I love them, but I like them more when they leave the house <laughs> for several hours during the day and That's then true. return. <laughs> that is true. And then return. Uh We've also got a four-day weekend coming up for them, so yay! <laughs> everyone be thinking about us, because <laughs> they are not leaving the house tomorrow or Monday. Uh, I'll leave the house. You don't just get to up and leave. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Ridiculous. I may take down our Christmas tree finally. It's still up, if you're all on the keeping track. <laughs> Last week I said, oh yeah, I should take out Christmas decorations. Have I? Nope. Jason wouldn't let me buy any new pillows either, so, for the couch, so. We have all year to take that stuff down. Um, no. Then we might as well just leave it up for the next year, and I don't want that to happen. Sounds good. Let's do it. My goal every year is before Valentine's Day, so I'm not shooting too high, but uh, probably should get started at some point. Yeah, it's probably good. Probably a good idea. Right. Um, well, there have been some interesting developments on Kickstarter, some stuff that I'm kind of uh, interested in. So I've, I'll just go ahead and get started on news and crowdfunding. Um, the first game I want to talk about is one that almost made it into our feature. There's a hint. And that game is called Dom Pierre. Um, Dom Pierre is about champagne making. So this is from R&R Games, which I feel like we've played something else by them. Uh, yes, we have um, Corellia, oh, Rajas, yeah, Rajas of the Ganges, Hanabi, I don't like Hanabi. Humboldt's Great Voyage. Yeah, we have quite a few of their oh. games. Yeah, yeah, I really like Rajas. This, um, Don Pierre looks a lot like Viticulture. So in that you are running like a, it's still a vineyard, but you're making champagne instead of wine. So you've got actions to program you've got grapes that are going to grow and harvest um you're going to press them and you know you're able to upgrade your vineyard to make your work even better and then you're going it looks like possibly sell or ship or something your champagne i don't i didn't read the full um like rules but it it does remind me a lot of um Viticulture, which I really, really enjoy. And I think that this is a really fun theme. I like that idea of making champagne. It's got some like fun little champagne related artwork. Um, I don't know if this is if it's in the deluxe version. Maybe not, but they've got like really cool um little grape shaped meeples and your little workers, which you know I'm a sucker for cute components. It looks really fun. So if you like viticulture, if you like games about champagne, if you like worker placement, check out Dom Pierre. There's nine days left on that Kickstarter, and the base pledge is $49, which isn't too bad. 
Yeah, this actually has a decent price point. Thank you, R&R Games. I appreciate that. And yeah, this is almost in my, my feature list because this game looks amazing. Um, I like Viticulture. I like Vinos. And, you know, I'm tired of making wine. Let's switch it up and make some champagne. That sounds cool. Uh, but yeah, it just looks like a good Euro that was right up my alley. So, so good. Yeah, champagne. It's wine with bubbles. It's fine. <laughs> uh, the next game is also about making something to ingest, but in a totally different way. And this game is called Ham's Sandwich Shop. And it's not that it's <laughs> That's hilarious. Owned, yeah, it's not owned by a pig. It's a hamster. You have a little hamster chef. Uh, this is a game coming over from Japan. Um, it's like a first a first game done by Graphic 335. 335? I don't know a lot about them. Um, this is two to three players, so it's smaller but short, like 30 minutes. So you are trying to create sandwiches. I don't know how you get the sandwiches. You like advance pieces on the bread of your choice, like get these different... Um, toppings because you're trying to follow like a certain recipe um but then sometimes the hamster chef will like dive onto your bread i don't know if that means you can't get it i don't know i don't know um but if you follow the recipe like you get a gold star and if you get three gold stars you win um the hamster chef is adorable there's like this little hamster chef meeple oh my gosh all of the artwork is super cute um, these little hamsters that are on there, the toppings, <laughs> it just looks like an adorable little game. Uh, it says that they will provide you with a PDF of the rules in English. Um, <laughs> oh, that is, so, that, that is adorable. I just looked it up. It is really it's adorable. So cute. So while I don't know all the mechanics of this game, it looks like an adorable little fun food type game. So check out Ham's Sandwich Shop. There are six days left on that Kickstarter, and it's 31 bucks. It's not bad. Yeah, and a lot of like little card games that come from Japan are really, really solid. So exactly. I'm, I'm assuming this was, you know, is not going to be any different. Uh, my last one is way totally different and looks a little, I don't want to say drier, but it's definitely a theme that you don't see an awful lot. And this last game is Blazin. I would have said Blazon. But I listened to the video on the Kickstarter page and said blazing. So this is card drafting, tableau building, game about creating um, shields and working with heraldry. Not your common theme at all. But what you're trying to do is you're going to become a herald. You're selecting these elements to put on your shield board to try and really... Um, Get this great blazon on your shield to distinguish yourself. So you are gathering materials like tincture and devices. Um, and there's like all these multi-use cards that are allowing you to kind of, um, you can use them as currency. And then also they're going to be decorations on your shield. So they're kind of, you can be used both ways and elements on your shield. And you've got these rules. And then like if your shield makes certain requirements, there's like these objectives that everyone is working towards and you get victory points for those um, at the end of the game. It just looks like a, a fun Euro with a theme that you really don't see very often. So if that intrigues you, check out Blazin. There are five days left on that Kickstarter. And the base pledge is $35, which is pretty good. Again, we're tired of making swords. Let's make some shields. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> well, I think they're mostly like decorative shields, really. Oh, that's lame. So you like, like you hang them up like coat of arms, arms you're hanging on your wall. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. 
That's still cool. That is different for sure. Oh, yeah. So those are the things I found interesting this week on Kickstarter. All right. So let's talk about some games that we played. We played quite a few games this week, actually. We did. And we're going to talk about three. The first one that we're going to talk about was actually mentioned on last week's podcast as one of our favorite games that we played in 2021. So it was stuck in my head and I wanted to play it. And that game is called Genotype. And we finally got to use the fancy deluxe bits that we bought. We didn't have to buy those, but, you know, Katie likes to jazz up stuff. So we played it. I can't believe you bought them. I did. I Like, I don't know, it was like 20 bucks. It wasn't bad. I'm still in shock. But basically, we've talked about this game. Uh, you're trying, you're taking on the role of a monk at Gregor Mendel's monastery. And you're doing some testing of genes uh, on these pea plants heterozygous dominant heterozygous recessive and homozygous dominant i think is what they're called big big letters little letters and you're trying to manipulate the punnett square so you can get favorable outcomes to complete these cards that you have in your garden so maybe you want a flower to be yellow you want the peas to be smooth you want the plant to be tall you're trying to manipulate the Punnett square to get all that to happen. And the way that done is do some worker placement. Uh, you're putting your little spade out on the board. It's going to let you get first dibs of getting some dice. Could let you get some money from the treasury. Could let you uh, manipulate the Punnett square to make stuff more favorable in your, you know, your favor. Get new plants to plant, all that kind of thing. And then you're going to be rolling dice to try to get the outcomes so you can validate those traits. And then maybe you can spend some money and get some helpers to come help you do that. You're going to play over five rounds, and then whoever has the most points after all of that is the winner. Um, worker placement game, pretty basic worker placement game, but the theme really makes this game a little bit cooler, in my opinion. And the nice little bits with the metal coins and the, the little glass pieces that go on the, the traits that you're validating are really nice, so it was a good purchase. You heard it, everybody. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's, it's, just a, it's just a fluke. Don't, don't expect to hear it all the time. Can I talk? Should I talk about this game, or are you just gonna kind of stop no, right there? No, I, I stopped, and I figured you'd just chime in. You should say, "So, Katie, what did you think about it when we played it this time?" I was trying something new this time. Oh, okay. It's called the uh, abrupt ending. <laughs> oh, which is really <laughs> helpful in a segue when I can't see you and know that you mean for me to talk now. You should have known. So, genotype. I have always liked. I do like the upgraded components, obviously, um, but I like that while you're basically trying to do the same thing you're trying to validate the different traits on these plants um you know through your research you can go about it in so many different ways like you maybe you want to collect more money because you want to get some really good tools that can be really helpful or you want to manipulate all the dice so you get the traits specifically that you want each turn to validate your research or um, you're going to hire like really key helpers to make your plants work better. Or you're going to give yourself more dice slots um, because you're going to use, you're going to mutate genes to make them fit what you want. Like I like that the possibilities are so broad in this. And I always felt like it was really tight. You weren't really sure who was going to pull ahead or not. Um, yeah, I just, I really enjoy it. It's super good. Yeah, I mean, the more I play it, the more I like it. And it was just, I don't know, it's its a fun game, and I, I always forget about it, and I really like it. I, I don't know why. It needs to be played a little bit more, I guess. Yes, it does. All right, so the next game we played is, I think, a game that came out last year. I'm not sure. But we had a game night with our friends Jim and Kim, and we played this game, and it's called Maglev Metro. 
And I think maglev means magnetic levitation, I believe. Um, and this is from Bezier Games, Castles of Mad King Ludwig, uh, Suburbia, all that type of thing. And what you're doing in this is you are effectively running your own maglev metro. You have your little train car, and you are trying to build different routes to get to these different stations to pick up passengers. Each passenger, there's passengers of different colors. They all need to be delivered to their own color of station. And when you deliver a, um, a rider or a patron, whatever, you are going to then put them on your player board to either unlock better actions, make it so you can pick up different colors of passengers, you can um, put them in a column where they're going to score you points. A whole bunch of different possibilities of where you can put these different people. But each of the colors can only be placed in certain spots in your player board. So that's kind of the give and take as well. Strictly a pickup and deliver game. A uh, little bit of route building. But at its heart, it's go to a place, pick up a person, take them where they need to go. And I love pick up and deliver. So I really like playing this. It helps that I think I won. But You did. This is a... Yeah, it's... If you if you like pick up and deliver and you're okay with a little bit of route building, this would be a game you should check out. I think because I like the pick up and deliver part. So, Katie, what did you think about Maglev Metro? So glad you asked, babe. <laughs> um, I liked it despite the fact that I know I will never be good at this game. Like honestly, and that's why people are like, "Oh, you didn't like it because you lost." Well, yeah, I don't like to lose, but I definitely lost at this game. But I still liked it. The components are really nice. Um, really interesting, like, way to, like, you build in stations into the board. The little train cars that you move around have, like, a nice weight to them. The little passengers fit down inside there. I really like that. Um, I think it is an interesting puzzle. And, again, I think you can go some different ways to get points, which I always appreciate. Um, so I thought it was pretty fun. I was, wasn't sure. If I would like it, but I did, even though I know I will not do well at this game ever. I don't know. My brain just doesn't strategically think in this way because you you have to lay out certain um, collected passengers in order to unlock different like strengths of action, as well as to be able to get bonus cards, bonus points. I just never picked the right ones. I couldn't do any of my bonus cards. Um, but I still had a good time playing it. So I think it says a lot for the game. Yeah, and the way that the tracks lay down where everybody has clear tiles and they're offset just enough where you, if you put them on top of each other, you can see everybody's track. That's really cool. I like that a lot. All right, and the last game we're going to talk about is a game that Katie's been wanting for, I don't know, a few years. We saw it in Origins, yeah. and it was just a little expensive, so we didn't buy it. But that game is called The Scarlet Pimpernel. And this is a game from Eagle Griffin Games. They sent it to us for review. Um, we won't get into a lot more than that, but they sent it to, to us for a review. We got to play it a couple of times. I played it a couple of times. Katie played it once. And effectively what this game is, is it's kind of a, I don't even know how to explain it. It's kind of an area control game a little bit. You're doing a little bit of area control, but basically all you're doing is you're moving your little character to different locations and you're putting down some cubes on either a route that you think the Scarlet Pimpernel is going to take to get to this next location um, on a card, which if it's the next location, you'll get all your cubes back. They'll score some points. Uh, you can put them on buildings, which is how you're going to get cubes up to the area control part of the top of the board. Or you can put them on the missions, which means you're going to get extra points if you can complete the missions. That's effectively the whole entire game. Um, the art is really nice. It has great you know, tool art. The production's top notch. 
Um, I like the way the game looks. We have the cool little guillotine first player marker, which is unnecessary, but looks really awesome. But I mean, the game is pretty simple. I don't necessarily know if it's a game I'm going to want to keep playing over and over because, you know, I think once you've played it a couple times, you've pretty much seen what the game does. But I didn't hate it, but it's also not my favorite game in the world. But if someone wanted to play it, I would play it. So what did you think about this one? So I was really excited to play this one because, again, like Jason mentioned, it's an Eagle Griffin game. And as always, like I say, every time I see a game put out by them, I know that the production quality is amazing. It's always beautiful. Um, it's always got great bits and this game is no exception. And also like it stars a literary figure and slash was also a musical as well. And so I was like, yeah, awesome. And it looked so good when we saw it and I was so excited to get this one. So thank you, Eel Griffin, so much for sending it to us. However, the gameplay was a lot simpler than I thought it would be, um, I would definitely play this with like newer gamers because I think it has the look of a heavy game, but the mechanics are, are pretty easy. Um, I just want more. Like, I feel like there's so much potential here um, to, you know, maybe have like an inquisitor or someone to set, set in like the French revolution trying to track down the Pimpernel. And so you're trying to help him out um, by helping him get disguises or whatever, all these things in the game. Um, to keep him out of the clutches of the Inquisition, but this game doesn't do that. It has a variant where you do have someone like that, and I can't remember his name for life of me. It's uh, like Shavalin or something like that. Yeah, he can move toward the Pimpernel, but you have to fail the cards, the 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 quests or whatever or missions. And we didn't have any problem completing the missions. I don't know if it's because there were four of us or what. Um, or even the Pimpernel is just kind of the figurehead and you all are part of his network and you're trying to avoid capture. And so then it's purely competitive and you're working to evade Chauvelin or whatever his name is and complete missions yourself to get points. Any of those things I think would have used the IP in a more compelling way. It's not, again, like Jason said, it's not the game is bad. It's just I expected and, and wanted a, a bit more. I thought it I thought it had the look of a much heavier game than it than it really is. Um, and so maybe it's because I hyped it up too much in my mind. And I wanted it to be something it wasn't. And that happens. Uh, so it, it's not bad. It's just not, did not meet my expectation. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I didn't have as high of expectations as you because you ha- like the the IP and the theme and all that. It's just another game to me. But I agree with everything you said. I, it looks like it's going to be way heavier than it is, like a beefy Euro, and it's just not. Yeah. doesn't necessarily make it bad. It's just not what I was expecting. So those are three of the games that we played. Let's move on. Okay, so our feature today, I was talking to Jason about how this is ridiculous because <laughs> recently we've had more than one person say, oh, I'm so glad that you guys cover older games um, instead of always pushing the new hotness. And then right after that, last week we did, oh, the best games of 2021, which was the last year. And then today we're going to talk about our most anticipated games for 2022. Don't worry. We still love the old games. Even if we think these look good, we probably won't back them or buy them because we're cheap, um, but they look interesting. And so 
we thought let's talk about them so they're on everybody's radar and then we'll get back to the old games so these are our top five anticipated games of 2022 um they look based on what was out there in bgg there it looks like there's gonna be some really cool games this year um there are some that we actually covered in our anticipated games of 2021 that did not come out this year and they're on the list again so we specifically left those out we left out any um like reskins re-implementations like the new felds um any kind of expansions those kind of things were left off because we're trying to look for just different types of games so jace what is your first anticipated game of 2022 all right so my first one's going to be a little odd but just just go with me on it so my first one is called tusky joe's snorkel adventure now what? <laughs> it's from a company called board game hub and the reason that i picked this the main reason it's designed by the same designer that did pebble rock delivery service which is a game to guess into us and we played and covered it and it has um it's a little, like a kids pick up and deliver game so i saw that it was from or the same artist i should say it's the same art it looks like it's the same size of a box but then I went to the, the page and I saw these three magical words right here. Push your luck. And it had me. So all oh I know boy. about this game is it's a, a game about diving for treasures in the sea. And it has dice rolling, engine building, and push your luck. And there's seven rounds. That's all that I know. I know that it looks adorable. I know that I like the Pebble Rock delivery service. I like that art. That's all that I know. I don't know if it's a kid's game. I don't know if it's a family game. It says light, medium, family game, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, so yeah, I just, and the name is hilarious. I think the name is funny, but mostly I was attracted to this because I like the art and push your luck. So that's why it's the first one I wanted to talk about. Cause who, who knows? It might, it might be terrible, but to me, I'm excited and I want to try it. So Tusky Joe's snorkel adventure. I'm assuming Tusky Joe is a walrus. Yes. Tusky Joe is a walrus. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Uh, my first game is also about the sea. But not quite as nice. And the first game that I think looks good is called Feed the Kraken. Uh, Feed the Kraken is from Nobody I Know. Fun Tales, I think, is the publisher. Uh, oh, they of- did. Um, uh, shoot, what did they do? Glenmore. Glenmore 2. They did that one. Mm, okay. Dr. Hans Joachim Hoy, I don't know. I don't know the designers. I don't know the artists. All I know is this is a hidden role deduction game. So that like pulled me in right away because I love deduction. And it's got these asymmetrical factions. So you've got some people are going to be pirates, some people are going to be sailors, and some people are crazy cultists, right? So those of you people that are into Cthulhu... The Kraken is what these cultists are worshiping. So it's secret. You get at the start of the game, you get like your affiliation. If you're a pirate, if you're a sailor, if you're a cultist, um, the pirates are outnumbered always. So they know each other, but everybody else does not know who is on their team. So sailors are trying to get the ship like everyone and everyone based on your faction, you are trying to get your ship to a different location. So pirates are like, hey, you know, we want to we want to get to this treasure or whatever. Um, the sailors like we need to, we need to get back to land. The cultists are like, we need to um, convert you. Have you heard of our friend and savior, the Kraken, and um, <laughs> summon him? 
and get him to come and take us all away. So you're meanwhile, you've got and that's really interesting is you've got a captain and a lieutenant and they're um, telling the navigator which way to go. And the navigator makes a final decision. Then there's some other parts of this game. I don't know how it works where there's like you can drink rum and gamble and do other stuff. Um, and then the navigator is going to say, OK, we're going to go this way. And that moves the ship in a certain way. And then the lieutenant and navigator get off duty. The captain has to find somebody sober enough to take over. Um, they're going to talk about like, OK, how did that last navigation go? Who who's to blame for the way we're going? Was it the people that told the navigator to move this way? Was it the navigator? Like, is the navigator a cultist? Like, trying to figure out. Um, you can mutiny the captain. Uh, it just sounds like a really interesting, crazy social deduction game. And I love pirate, kraken, sailing theme. And it can play 5 to 11 players. So it's like, this is for big group, crazy playing. So I think it looks cool. Feed the Kraken. Yeah, not my jam, but I'm sure people will dig it. I, I have no doubt. And it does seem like something you would like. Yep. All right. So my next one I picked on theme only because I'm a big theme guy. We all know that. And, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> this game is called Skate Summer and it's from Pandasaurus. Now, I was a big Tony Hawk pro skater fan for PlayStation back in the day. So when I see a game about skateboarding and it kind of reminded me of Tony Hawk, I felt I needed to talk about it. So all I know about this game is the player board is a skateboard, and you're going to be putting cards and stuff on it that have, like, tricks. But it looks like it's a dice placement game from what I saw quickly. I just read through it quickly. Um, So you're trying to do skills and points and different moves, and at the end of the round, you're going to draw back up to your hand size and do all that kind of thing. I don't even care what the how the game plays. It's about skateboarding, and it looks really neat, and there's custom dice, so I'm probably in. Uh, This is definitely one I want to check out. Uh, I don't, I don't know why. I'm just intrigued by it. So my second one is uh, whatever I called it, Skate Summer. I like Pandasaurus also, but I think it's hilarious that you chose this game because of the theme, based on the fact that you played a video game. Now that you actually skateboarded <laughs> yourself, I mean, come on, I'm not gonna go outside. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> uh, my next one. Ooh, I am like super pumped about this because the theme looks awesome. I don't even quite know how you play this game. Um, the designer is Johnny Pack, who I'm sure has done something else really interesting. Yeah, oh yeah, he's done lots. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, he's done lots. I mean, there's a couple others as well, um, but I know I've heard that name before. And one of the artists is Vincent Dutrait. So this is from Fantasia Games, and it's called Unconscious Mind, which I think is so cool. So this is based on... Um, you, you are part of the society, like psychological society that does psychoanalysis based on Freud's theories. And so in this game, you are, you've got worker placement, engine building, multi-use cards, accent programming, everything that sounds cool to go around and become this like psychoanalyst to help your clients. And you're going to do it by getting into their dreams, their unconscious mind, like the theme, the title is um, to help them like recover so you have like these technique cards that you play that are your your therapeutic techniques. Um, then you're going out to places in Vienna. Uh, you have to spend time, it looks like, and you're paying for things. Um, and then the citizens will come to your office. Once they're healed, they go back to like their normal lives because once you've helped them with their dreams and things. And then 
they like vacate the place they were taking in the board on the board. So now you have more spaces to go, which I think is a really cool idea. Like it just sounds so interesting. And so then you're like compiling knowledge that you learn from like you doing your practice and there's like thesis that you can submit and gain rewards. It just sounds like everything I like in a game. Um, I I am super pumped about this. Like it seems amazing. So that is my second pick, Unconscious Mind. Yeah, it sounds weird, but Johnny Pack does a lot of cool Euros. One of them, like he did one about the Wild West. I can't remember what it's called, but it was one I wanted to try. So I'm assuming this is probably going to feel similar to some of those beasts. All right, so the next one that I'm going to talk about, I have no information on it. There's no picture on BGG. There's nothing. But I picked it because it's about making composing music. No, it's not about skateboards. <laughs> it's about uh, composing classical music pieces. And it's called Ovation. And it's from a company, Looking Glass Workshop. And let's see if it says any information on it. It says it's a drafting game. I know it's drafting. You're trying to seek fortune and hobnob with aristocrats to perform musical masterpieces. It's an engine building game for one to five players. You choose one of four actions, seek inspiration, fortune, patronage, or perform. So you're trying to just score the most points by doing different actions through the drafting process. Don't know what it looks like. It could look hideous. I know nothing about it other than I like games that are based on music. And this one seems like it could be fun based on what I read. So I don't know. So yeah, ovation looks sounds kind of interesting i can't say it looks interesting because i have no idea what it looks like but i'm worried that's going to turn out like symphony number no. nine which i was excited about but hated yeah i mean symphony number no. nine is basically a stock game uh, i don't know if this is going to be like that it's i think it's just a simple card game i don't know but yeah it, it could be a big letdown which is why you know tempering my expectations a little bit uh, my next one is a game that i almost overlooked because most games that have this kind of a title are like war games, miniature games, but this is not. And it's called Shogun no Katana. Um, I don't know any of the people that designed it or the artists or the company uh, that published it. But in this game, it's it's a, it's a strategic euro. You are using your workers to make swords that the local daimyo wants. So you got to collect resources to make your craft. You're requesting artists to make these really beautiful swords. Um, your family members are trying to get into rooms at the Shogun's palace to get like privileges. Um, you have to manage your forge and you can create like more than one katana at the same time. But as you're doing that, like that's actually um, like taking up some of your actions that you have available to also do for worker placement to gather resources and um, visiting the market and the palace and things like that. And so you've got to like do this engine building thing that allows you to like craft these different katanas and make them all work. Oh, this is speaking my language. Um, the pictures look gorgeous. Um, like you would expect, you know, how I love the Japanese themed games. The board looks so pretty. Ah, the cards look gorgeous. There's also these little, like your little workers are these really cool, like kind of miniature standee type things. They're not super huge. I'm imagining this is going to cost like a trillion dollars um, <laughs> when it comes out, but it just looks super cool. And I love the idea. Like finally, like, 
katanas, shoguns, all that stuff is coming to like a Euro worker placement kind of game. I'm super excited. So that is Shogun no Katana. Yeah, I'm sure we'll probably play this because it's uh, it's your theme 100%. So Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the next one that I'm going to talk about is the follow-up. And the third in the series is the follow-up to Venice from Brain Crack Games. And this is called Florence. Uh, I don't know anything about this. I should have done a little more research before, but I, I didn't because, you know, pretty okay. Um, this is an area control game. That is going to follow up Venice, which is a pick up and deliver game. So all the three games are different, are pretty different. I think Ragusa was the first one, which is like an, a route building. Then we have pick up and deliver, and now we're going to have area control. So this one's going to take place over nine rounds. I don't know a ton about it. I know the box looks similar to how uh, Venice looks. Guess Same. what? I know a ton about it because this is the game that I told you that I thought it was. Oh, you do? All right. You can talk about it if you want then. So I covered this. I'm pretty sure when it came to Kickstarter, because I know I've talked about this already. Um, And this is where like you are trying to get in with the heads of the Medici family. So Cosimo, Giovanni, Contessina. Um, And by to do that, you're going around, you're going to these various functions because the Medici's are moving around to these various functions around the city, which is Florence. So you're trying to get there to attend the parties, to give gifts, brag about what you're doing, gossip, get through the crowds to get FaceTime with Medici's to raise like your stock with them. So it, and it's all about time. Like you need to get there at certain times. More people are going to be crowding the longer it takes to get to certain places. It's going to be harder to get there in time. How you get there, um, the order that you get there determines how the Medici's are impressed by you. Um, they're like brag cards to help you get talked about. Like it, it does look really, really good. I mean, I really like Venice, and if that, you know, if it's anything even similar in production wise and fun factor to that, I'm in. But yeah, I don't know about the area control. Maybe that's going to be a little too much for you because you don't like that but i definitely want to give this a try because it you know i'm sure it'll be good so yeah florence i just realized as i was looking at the outline that i only have four games on here instead of five (laughs) good job (laughs) so let's talk about my number four and my number five um (laughs) my number four is a game that jason will never play i already know but the theme has got me so intrigued that And the artwork, I'm so down for this. And this game is called Legends of Sleepy Hollow. Again, it's by Dice Hate Me Studio. So I have heard of them. I don't know any of the artists or the designers. Matt Riddle, Ben Pinchback, I don't know. Don't sound familiar to me, but I I do know them. I I can't think of any games that they do, but I think we have a few. I don't can't think off the top of my head though. Okay. So this game is it occurs in Sleepy Hollow. Well, kind of Sleepy Hollow, Terrytown. After Ichabod Crane has disappeared. So the players are different residents of the town and they each have kind of different powers. Um, It's a cooperative miniatures based game. But what you're doing is you're using this action pool to kind of move around. You're going to investigate, interact, attack, figure stuff out because you're trying to overcome your fear and you're trying to figure out what happened with this whole Sleepy Hollow mystery. I find that so intriguing. I think that's just a really interesting premise. The artwork looks super cool. 
Um, in some ways, it has that kind of a, a dungeon crawl kind of concept to it. Um, and you can, your people have weapons and, and kind of equipment that they can use. There's these cards that, you know, help you attack or recover. Like, I just think it sounds really neat. I know you wouldn't like it, but in in some world, if someone else bought it, I would be able to play it with them. <laughs> so that's Legends of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to like it. It's your list. It's true. And sometimes we do play games, not together sometimes. Sometimes. All right, so the last one I'm going to talk about is another game that doesn't have a ton of information. It has a picture, two pictures and then a paragraph of words. But it's from Talon Strike Studios, who have done Vinyl, Shadow Network, Night Market, Public Market, Winterborn. They have a good track record. And this one's called Byline. So this is about uh, independent reporters trying to get bylines into the paper. All I know about it is it's a worker placement game with a twist. That's it. It doesn't say what that twist is. Just says it's a worker placement game with a twist. Now, I most of their games have some kind of different element that they do. If they're doing a worker placement game, there's going to be some kind of different piece to it. So I would assume they come up. They've come up with some interesting thing that's going to let you do some other cool action when you do a worker placement bit. But I don't care. I like um, Talent Strikes. They make some really good Euro games, and this is about being a reporter and trying to get your headlines in a paper, which is cool. So. It's a cool theme, too. So that's why I put it on the list. It's interesting to me, and I'm excited to play it. So my last one is Byline. Yeah, I feel like maybe it was a different game with a similar kind of theme where I covered it on Kickstarter because this sounds so familiar, but... It could be. I, yeah, I don't... This one's not... hasn't hit Kickstarter yet, so I don't think okay. it was this one. But yeah, I don't know for sure. No. Okay, so I found a number five. <laughs> Good job. Uh, <laughs> I had some honorable mentions moved around. This is another Asian-themed game because we all know I love these. But this combines two things I really love. So this is called Jiangnan, Life of Gentry. And not only is this Asian-themed because this is about the Ming Dynasty, it's also about literature, something else I love. Because in this game, you are going to create and curate the greatest literary works of the Ming Dynasty. Oh, you had me at hello. I mean, come on. So it's worker placement and also like action tile bag building game. Things I really like, right? And what I think is interesting is there's also like single scenario or there's also a campaign that you can do, which sounds interesting to me. Um, and so you're playing like these elite gentry living in Jiangnan, um, which is like this prosperous region. And you're good at literature and calligraphy and brush painting and music and all this stuff. And so you're going to use all these skills that you have um, to, like, create your work. I don't know any more about it than that, except I've, I've seen pictures of the board and stuff. It looks really cool. Lots of iconography, um, really beautiful artwork. Um, I like that idea then of, like, building this bag of tiles that you're going to pull out to use. Um I like the idea of working through, like, like developing the culture of this area. You know, it, I don't know. I think there's something so intriguing about that. 
And I'm really excited because I, I, I love my Asian theme game. So my last choice for 2022 is Jiangnan, Life of Gentry. Yeah, I saw a picture of this and it looked really good. And this is the same company that does Symphony Number no. 9. So oh. I know that the production on that game is really nice. I know that you don't like the game, but it is produced right. very nicely. So I'm assuming that this is going to follow in those same footsteps of nice production, probably crunchier than it looks gameplay. But yeah, mm-hmm. this one does seem like one I'd want to try too. Looks good. All right, I had a couple honorable mentions. I When I looked through the list on BG, there are so many games. I probably had almost 60 games. So I was like, ooh, I'm interested in that. And then I had to narrow them down. And then I had to narrow them down some more. Um, so I just had a few honorable mentions that I wanted to talk about. One was called, one's called Legend Academy. So you're like a folklore character and you're attending this academy to learn skills and wisdom and things in order to become a legend. So it's like competitive Euro. There's deck building, there's worker placement, there's dungeon crawling, which I think is cool. So you're building these like skills into a deck and then you go on these quests that are based on um, like myth, like tales, like Jungle Book, Alice in Wonderland, Gulliver's Travels which I think is so great. Obviously, we're talking about this like mix of literature, which I love. And then you're earning points through the skills. You're earning points um, by moving around and completing these goals and finding treasure and defeating enemies to impress your professor. So the player with the most points at the end is the valedictorian of Legend Academy, and they win. And I I really like that concept. I think that sounds so cool because I'm a dork. This is from Eldorado Games. Um, I don't know that the designer is Daniel Aronson and I don't, I don't know anything else that he's done, but I think that whole concept sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about any of those people, but yeah, it does sound kind of neat for sure. Another Euro style game that looked really good. is called the Potter's Apprentice. Um, so it's worker placement also, which is probably one of my favorite and most common kinds of games that I like to play because it's a lot of euros are work placement. Um, But there's like this central rotating potter's wheel that determines like how much the cost is at these different studios where the potters can go and do actions. And so you've got to kind of balance like what I want to accomplish, how much money do I have to pay for the studio time and your um, like using your personal clay to take different actions, to complete commissions, to train apprentices, train your apprentice, to do these in-game scoring goals. Um, you know, you're making contributions to all these different sections of this of the wheel there in the middle, and that's going to give you points as well. And you get, like, experience for what you're doing. Um, yeah, I think that sounds cool. And that, again, is a theme that I don't see very often, the idea of pottery – and I guess there's also like asymmetric player powers. There's not a ton out on this. No pictures except for like, well, maybe two pictures. <laughs> two pictures. And one is the wheel and one is the cover. Oh, three. This looks like a board. You've got some shelving for pottery stuff, it looks like, and some numbers. I don't know. I just think the concept sounds cool. So that's the Potter's Apprentice. Yeah, this is a cool theme. Uh, that's not a theme that's done a ton, which is surprising because I feel like it's easy fodder for a board game, but maybe not. I know. The last one I talked about when it was on Kickstarter, because it just looks so stinking cute. Um, this is from Kids Table Board Games. I had to read their name so I didn't screw it up. KTBG. Yeah, it's a strange name, but they make, some, I normally, they make some good games. I, 
I normally say like kids gaming board tables or something. That's not right. <laughs> no, that's not right. But the game is called Creature Comforts. And so you're like, winter is coming. So you're going through spring, summer, and fall. And you're trying to make your family of animals, their little burrow, comfy for the winter. How freaking cute is that? So you're collecting items to make it more inviting. Um, your family members then are going out to gain supplies at different locations. It might almost be like a role to resolve for like Stonehenge to see how much you're gathering or what you're gathering. I'm not sure. Um, but even if like they don't get it, like you learn a lesson or something and so you do better the next time. I don't know what that means. I think that sounds great. Um, it looks like here, like uh, there's this one place to go get cards, which are going to give you points at the end for what you have. And if you roll one or two, you get two cards. If you roll three, four, five or six, you get one card. So it, I think it just looks like a fun, really neat, um, like themed worker placement game with adorable animals. So that's Creature Comforts. And yeah. those are my honorable mentions. I like kids' table board games or whatever they're called. Uh, I think they did that Fossils game that we played. And Rec Raiders is really solid. And I think their art is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. The games look amazing. So this one will be pretty fun, I think. Yep. Do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, just the ones from last year. I still want to play Weather Machine because, whoa, we love Vito. <laughs> um, I'm still interested. Well, I think you mentioned my father's work. But the more I've looked at that one, the more I really want to try to play that one. And um, what was that other one that I thought of? The one in the Takedo universe. Oh, yeah. Namiji or something like that, which mm -hmm. is like Takedo, but you also have a boat that you're traveling around in. That looks pretty sweet, too. Uh, I don't know if it's going to come to America, but I mean, I'm sure it, it will eventually, but it looks really fun. It looks like Takedo with a little bit more stuff going on for gamers. So yeah, all three of those seem interesting to me, but I didn't put a couple of them because we talked about them before. Actually, all those we talked about before. So <laughs> We did. Um, so from what it looks like to us, 2022, from what it looks like to us, 2022 is going to be a good year for games. I'm excited to see what comes out this year. Um, what about you? Do you know of any games coming out this year that you're excited about? Did you back some Kickstarters that we talked about um, and they're going to fulfill this year? Tell us about it on our Facebook page, in our Facebook group, hashtag the riveted. Absolutely. Um, on our Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, we really love to hear from you guys. Um, I just think that the members of the Riveted that we have, you're good quality people. Like, and we talk about games and we discuss things and we help each other out. And that's what social media should be used for. And that's what the world needs now more than ever. Good people, kindness. So keep it up, everybody. And I promise... Next week, we'll get back to old games. <laughs> yeah, we have so many old games. Uh, there's so much that we can talk about there. But you got to do some of the obligatory stuff. You got to do your best of the previous year. You got to do what you're looking forward to for the this year. So now that that's all that mess is out of the way, we can talk about what we want to talk about. So All right. Well, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.